going to have Rebecca come on up here. One of the things that we like to do on this particular Sunday, and you'll have a couple of opportunities during our service today, is for you to be able to publicly give thanks uh, for something in your life. Maybe it's a particular blessing over this last year, something that you are grateful for, and uh, we want to we wanna do that as well. We just couldn't let today go by without the two of us taking an opportunity to express our love for this church, and we are so inspired by each and every one of you who serve so generously is sensitive to needs around us and then responds to them. And you know, there's, we all know this, there's the families we're born to, right, Amy? And there are families we choose, and we are so thankful to be uh, part of this chosen family because we choose you. This is the, this fall marks the sixth year that we've been here. I know for some of you that seems like a short time, but for us, believe it or not, that's the longest. This is the longest place we've ever lived together. Longer than our time in Minnesota, our times in Chicago, um, other times where we had to move back in with our families for other reasons, uh, you know how that goes, our time in Washington. But here in Pittsburgh, this is home for us. I've told a few of, this, a few of you this before, one of the reasons that I'm grateful for this church is for the love and support that you show to me. And so I thank you. Uh, this is the first place, actually, that we've ever gotten rid of all of our moving boxes. In faith, we threw them. We, we recycled them um, because we love being here, and we will be here as long as God has us here. So thank you for that. We love being a part of this family. So thank you. We want to take a couple of moments, a couple of minutes, and uh, give you the opportunity. If there is, I know some of you take a little time to warm up, and some of you are bold right away um, to share uh, something that you are giving thanks to God for. I know some of you do this on Thanksgiving. Um, it's a good opportunity for us to do this as a church and to uh, rejoice with one another in the things that we are thankful and grateful for. So, who would like to break? Thank God that he has given me a wonderful daughter who also loves him and who happens to live with me and we can praise God together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Beverly, so much. Yes, Mr. Leonard, my cord doesn't reach that far, but, so you, you can, uh, you can, you can shut. I'd like to thank the church for prayer uh, for my better half and having my wife back with me. And what I've learned here is that, uh, when someone is close to you, miss them, and you miss them, and you find out to get back some of your strength by having them back in your life. And you see the blessing that God has given for that person to be in your life when there's separation, and you're back again. And God has been good to all of us. And she thanks the whole church for all the prayers while she was gone in, in view of that for her uh, deceased brother. So thank you all for the prayers. And God is always good. Amen. Amen. All the time, God is good. And it's so wonderful to see you back here, Rose, as well. So welcome. 
Anyone else this morning? You also have one other opportunity later on in our service. So if you're thinking of something, you can always hold on to it. I just want to thank uh, both you and your wife, Rebecca, for your leadership. More than anything, because I've been a part of churches where I didn't see how every one individual should be valued. And you brought that, both you and you. Rebecca, I mean, you show love to everyone without prejudice, and I just appreciate that so much. I just want to let you know that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. appreciate that. We like giving. It's sometimes it's a little harder to receive. You all know that as well. So I thank you. I received that. Anyone else this morning? Yes. Yeah, I'd like okay. to thank God for that. All of you know that in February I was able to adopt Ava. You know, to thank God for bringing that together. And then, you know, literally, she and my father when he passed away. But you guys all know that he's, you know, 100%. You mean a miraculous recovery. Miraculous. <laughs> back to being himself. So, you know, full force. So thank you, God. For good and otherwise. Everything else, yes. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Uh, yes, Mr. Huey. I want to thank God. Uh, this has been a uh, neat year. I think I've through this. I want to thank you so much, church, for your prayers. For uh, I when I was in the hospital, uh, I thank God for my wife, and I, I think we all agree with that.
We, gave you, we give you thanks for the vision that those of faith have brought to this land of ours. We thank you for the First Nations people here long before we arrived who keep teaching us to live at peace with your earth. Remind us by their presence how dependent we are upon your created order. We thank you for women and men who came to this country, often coming from religious persecution. Some came shackled and bound, and all have given us a legacy of hope and determination. With those who have come before us, let us not flag in zeal for a society free of racism, bigotry, and hate. Let us be a people of peace and love. We praise you for bread at our tables, for friends who love us, for the song of sparrows in winter. We praise you for singers and doctors and teachers and dreamers and for children who sing and smile out of a four or five-year-old heart. And we praise you for the church alive in your world. O oh Lord, keep us faithful, hopeful, and restless with the world's injustices. Keep us clothed in the bright colors of risk and adventure for you. For you are the Lord our God, and we give you all thanks, praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, the church said. Amen. Two weeks ago, we began with Jesus' parable to, about the rich man who had everything. But what he didn't have was he was not rich toward God. And we began with the idea that as we lean into the things that move the heart of God, that our hearts begin to move as well we start to see beyond ourselves that we are called to be good stewards of whatever God has entrusted to us. So two weeks ago we talked mostly about our obsession with our stuff and getting that under control that our possessions often end up possessing us. And then last week Pastor Karen talked about caring for the temple as stewardship of our bodies, our physical bodies. And when we do those types of things, it actually allows us to be more of who God created us to be. Our resources, our bodies, our time, our talents. And today as we give thanks, we're going to focus briefly on stewarding the attitudes which help us become rich toward God. Our attitudes are what drive many of our actions before our hands move before our feet move before our bodies react there's usually something within us that prompts that in us and those are our attitudes both things that come out of us and things that god infuses into us and we need to learn how to be good stewards of those when we work to develop and display attitudes that honor Christ, we actually become more faithful in living out God's plan for us here on earth. If you have never thought that you have a purpose, don't believe it. You have a purpose here on earth. 
You are here for a reason, and God has specifically planted you for a reason. He wants you to continue carrying out the work that he has created and crafted just for you. What you do might be different than what I do. What they do is very different than what I would be able to do. I can maybe plunk out a few notes on the piano. And you each have your own gifts and skills and callings. We are well aware of the many attitudes that pull us away or keep us from living out this call upon our lives. And you know, as well as I do, that our culture does not make this easy on us. It pulls us towards attitudes that are not honoring to God. It pulls us towards cynicism. That's a very common one. I grow, I am susceptible to that at times. It pulls us towards negativity and hopelessness. And these actually affect how we act as stewards in the world if we give them too much weight. So we need to be deliberate in focusing our efforts on what keeps us pointed toward Christ and allows us to grow in faith, hope, and love. Not only do Christ-like attitudes help us become rich toward God, but it can have a dramatic impact on how we show the love of God to the world. Whatever is going on in here, inside of you, your heart, your brain, ends up showing up out here in your hands, in your actions, in your words, and even in your face, and your online communication. So I want to just briefly highlight three attitudes that we can and should work on to develop and steward in this life. These are not rocket science. I'll leave that to SpaceX. We are going to focus on some, some things that are different, but no less difficult. First one, often gratitude. Gratitude as an attitude is something that seems like a no-brainer to us. We've talked about it before. You've heard other messages about it. I don't even need to say that much about gratitude. Feeling gratitude at this time of year comes a little more naturally to us. We're more mindful of it. It's a little bit more difficult at other points in the year. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says, with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks is one of the ways that we ex express the gratitude that resides within us. And by developing it, it's something that actually becomes a regular practice. If you've ever been around someone who is the opposite of that, who is angry and bitter, and all of those associated things, that actually becomes part of who they are as well. And we don't want that. We want to be able to focus on reversing that. Gratitude is one of these things that's almost like an antidote for that. It, it gets infused into how we think and speak and act because it grows out of our heart. Now, gratitude doesn't deny the pain and the loss and the grief that we experience. We're not necessarily grateful for those things, 
Just like when Paul says, give thanks in all things. He doesn't say give thanks for all things. We don't give thanks for evil. We don't give thanks for some of the other things that we feel, but in those circumstances and situations, we can learn to give thanks, to feel a sense of gratitude. Maybe not in that exact moment, but over time, we come to realize all that we still have from God. We don't need to skip those feelings and jump too early to gratitude. I want to thank you for those of you that have been praying for my cousin, who's just a few years older than me. Um, Friday morning, Tyler went home to be with the Lord. And well, and amid the pain of that, it was beautiful to see how his wife and their 14-year-old daughter and his brother were able to be around him in those final moments. A few days ago, he was actually able to go have a last stop at his home so he could say goodbye to his home and their pets and all of those things that meant so much to him. And the world lost a good man. We don't need to skip these feelings and jump too early to gratitude. But gratitude can be a powerful resource for us that helps us endure hardship. It can remind us of what we do have and it can actually over time lift our eyes and our spirits. By becoming good stewards of gratitude, not only are we more thankful, but we learn how to weather the storms and setbacks that will come. They will come and we know that. Cultivating gratitude actually can even improve our mental well-being. It makes it harder to give up and easier to actually be able to move forward or continue to move forward. There's a Christian author, her name is Christine Kane, and she says that gratitude is not just what he has given us, it is what he has entrusted to us. That gratitude itself is a gift from God that he has entrusted to us to express out into our world. It's a kind of mindset that actually changes how we see the world. More people need to see from the perspective of gratitude. We see that every day in our culture, our world. There is certainly not enough gratitude in play. Gratitude reframes our vision, how we see and act and respond in our lives, and it is something that we need to practice, not just in thanks, on Thanksgiving week, although we do a little bit better this time of year. So I want us to help one another today, and I want to ask one simple question, and I would encourage you to throw out a few answers. This is participatory. How do you practice gratitude? Or what are the things that help you express gratitude in your life? This is where we're crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing our learning this morning. Looking at God's beauty around. Looking at God's beauty around. So seeing the, the physical creation and the beauty. By back. That's a great one. By giving back. By giving back. What they said and, and 
always saying thank you. Always saying thank you. Mm -hmm. Remembering what he's brought me through. Remembering what he's brought you through. Absolutely. Being present and seeing people. Absolutely. There's all sorts of different ways that we can practice gratitude. Sometimes even just the mindset that we approach things in. Do we see this world from a standpoint of asset or deficit? Abundance or scarcity? Are we able to acknowledge the good that we actually have been able to do through the help of God? Are you able to enjoy life? I know when I walk outside and I see the beautiful plants and the birds, just not at 4.30 in the morning, that I, I'm very grateful for that. It, it, it draws my mind towards gratitude. Developing and stewarding this attitude for what God has entrusted to you, it's like cardio to improve your heart health. So even if you don't like to go to the gym and walk on the treadmill or run, every time you are practicing gratitude, you're getting a cardio workout. It's building the strength of your heart. So gratitude, that's number one. Number two, humility. Another attitude that is lacking a lot in our day. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. That's actually humiliation. It's thinking about yourself less. I didn't come up with that. I stole that from another pastor. Just so you know. This reminds me of that example we shared a couple weeks ago from the life of John the Baptist in John chapter 3. And when he said this of Jesus, he must become greater, I must become less. He wasn't, John wasn't putting himself down. He was recognizing his place in the created order, that he was here for a purpose, and his purpose was to point people to Jesus. And that meant he had to decrease so that Jesus could increase. If we could turn more of our mirrors into windows, we'd be well on the way to practicing humility. Humility is an acknowledgement that it's not all about you or me. Although we like to think that sometimes we're all that. This is the opposite message that our culture communicates today, which often says that it's all about you. The businesses that we go to, you can go to a certain uh, burger place and you can have it your way. Yeah, you, we all know the phrase or you've, you've heard it. Because no one knows better than you what decisions are best for your life, right? No. No. The Bible repeatedly shows us that when we go it our way and we do what is right in our own eyes, it often and usually goes badly. Second Chronicles 7. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's a whole lot of actions all in a row there. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
Humility means acknowledging that we don't know what is best for us, no matter how much we like to pretend that we do. We must learn then to submit to God's wisdom, way, and will in and through our life. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. As we think about ourselves less, it actually frees us to look up and look out. One of the things that I'm guilty of, and I'm sure a lot of you do this as well, when you're out and about, we used to do this a lot. What do we do now? We do this. You know it. I do it too. I can't even go very far. So what if we just did this? Humility is one of those things that actually helps us to look up and look out. To recognize it's not all about me and getting in my way and having it on demand 24-7, but it helps us look and see, as Kenya said, other people. It prompts us and allows us to see them, to see their circumstances, and to see the beauty of what is possible outside of ourselves. That's the beauty of humility. And just like what we did with gratitude, I asked the same kind of question. How can you practice humility? Or what do you find helpful to develop and express this attitude in your life? What's been helpful for you? Looking for the good things in others. Looking for the good in others. Being a parent. Being a parent. Volunteering time. Volunteering time. Doing things people don't see, kind of what Ray said, volunteering your time, but especially when you're not seen. Doing things that people don't see, or you're not doing it to be seen. Learning to listen to people's stories. Not your response to their story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. This, this is just a, you know, a quick little snapshot. I'm sure as you think more and more, you come up with other things as well. How about refusing to compare yourself to other people? Celebrating the successes of others, giving people the benefit of the doubt until they don't. <laughs> Exercising patience with others because everything doesn't revolve around us. Recognizing that when you run into that person, you are just seeing the tip of the iceberg. You don't know the 90% that happened before they saw you. Speaking encouragement into others when you're around them, forgiving others, refusing to hold grudges, and the list can go on and on. Gratitude, humility, and this leads to number three, and this is one that's not as familiar. Contentment. Contentment is not apathy or laziness, but it's a perspective that comes from having the mindset of a steward. First Timothy 6 reminds us that godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. 
I might love my phone, but it ain't coming with me. We live in a world and culture that is not content because it keeps running and chasing after what doesn't make you happy or at peace. Contentment is never found in what we have, but in whose we are. It's rooted in recognizing all that Jesus has done for you, like you said. Remembering what Christ has already done for you and what he continues to do in your life. And when we start to have this kind of perspective shift, we grow in contentment. When the world says, eat this, or buy this, or as Pastor Karen said last week, indulge this. Just a little bit more and you'll be happy. We don't have to listen to that lie anymore. We can say, like your prayer last week, Jesus, be the sweet treat. Or as you mentioned, you don't really like sweets, but you like salt. Jesus, be the salt lick. I'm not sure if that quite translates all the way. We'll, we'll workshop it a little bit more. We can experience peace and joy and, profound, and a profound sense of purpose in life by realizing all that God has given to us to steward. Hebrews 13 says, be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We can learn to be content in this life because God actually promises the best thing for us, the gift of his enduring presence. Not how much stuff we have, not how much food we can eat, not if I have the newest iPhone, no matter how much those things are kind of cool. The gift of his enduring presence is what can help us learn to be content in this life. Now, contentment, like I said before, it's not apathy or laziness. It's, it's still an activity. It's something that we can continue to have, even though we have goals, we work hard, we keep moving. We come to trust God, actually. The gift of God's presence is actually a relief when you think about it. That as we grow in contentment, what does it allow us to do? It actually allows us to rest in God, to rely on God, on his goodness, to allow us to come to trust him more and more, to believe that God actually does know what he's doing and he knows what's best for us in every circumstance. I'm sure that we could add a bunch of other attitudes. The Bible is chock full of them. We just wanted to center on three of them this morning. There are lots of things that can help us become better stewards of all that we have received in this life, but I think gratitude and humility are a good place to start because they help us learn to be content and to steward what God has already given to us so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. Friends, I want to give you an opportunity, a second opportunity. If you've thought of something in the last few minutes, another thing that you are thankful for, that you want to express gratitude for, anyone else, just like in a wedding, speak now, or forever hold.
your peace. Separation, it is only Jesus Christ that can hold an interesting group of people together. <laughs> yes, Cindy. So I'm thankful for our grandchildren, our new baby, um, retirement, mm-hmm. and all the things that we've been doing and places we've gone and all the, the beauty within the parks and things that we've seen. I'm thankful for the security within retirement people retire and they're like, now what do I do? How? But, um, yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yes. I'm thankful that we're born in this century. Yes. The modern times. I'm thankful for pulling. <laughs> yes. I'm thankful that I have not or my children have not experienced war. And, uh, you can spread your gift of hospitality to a much wider in, in much wider ways than you could before praise the lord for that we, many of us have benefited from that personally yes. so thank you well, church, I want to, I'm going to pray for us. Oh, we got one. Yes. Who else? Oh, yeah, Leonard. I, I'm thankful that sometimes God, if 
does it all the time. He takes trials and tribulations and sometimes he brings those people into your life to reconcile and give you new hope and also to bring you and bind you even closer. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh. I just really thank you for this church because without this church, you know, Halo wakes up every Sunday, you know, just ready, you know, wanting to come here to see certain people, young and old, you know, that they walk and hurt, you know. Without that, I mean, I don't know where we'd be you know, on Sundays, the family is really, you know, being here for us so many years. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. Yeah. The goodness of God for the young and for the seasoned. I like using that word. Allow me to pray for us. God, we give you thanks. I thank you for this particular group of people, for the ways that you have uh, been at work in their hearts and lives, how you have helped them to grow and flourish and I pray for a special anointing of your spirit upon them that you would continue the work that you have already begun that you would see it through to completion O oh Lord we thank you for this and I thank you for all of the various uh, ways that people shared this morning ways that we are giving thanks and ways that we can cultivate those attitudes in our life we praise you we love you in Jesus name amen church as we prepare to go Thank you for being here on this uh, special Sunday where we have an opportunity to give thanks and express our gratitude for the Lord. I would encourage you and invite you to come back next week because guess what? It's the start of Advent. Some of you want to say Christmas. Advent first. And then we will move to Christmas eventually. And our theme this season of Advent is a thrill of hope, just like the song says. And so we look forward to that. I would also ask for your prayers for me this week on Thursday. I'm going to fly to Minnesota for my cousin's funeral, and I'll be back here next Sunday. All right. Now receive the benediction. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen and amen. Church, great to see you. Have a wonderful week.